What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Band Chats. My name's John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. It really helps out a lot, and I'm super appreciative that you guys are coming back week after week. And that being said, I want to go ahead and thank our newest supporter, Scott Patton. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast, Scott. And uh, if you guys want to support the podcast, all you have to do is go down to the link in the description below. Click on that. You know, any little bit helps. Um, helps me buy new audio equipment, helps me buy, you know, new lighting equipment, new cameras, and hopefully we'll be in a studio one day where we can actually have the guest in live and, uh, do a little bit better of a podcast, but, uh, we can't do it without you guys. So thanks again for all your support and your listens and yeah, I I really appreciate it. But anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode, and that is with my wife, Casey Kroom. Uh, we sit down and we chat about what it's like being married to a cyclist and, you know, especially when she has no tie at all to cycling. So we get to chat, um, a little bit of like, you know, did she see her life going this direction? And and is this something that she really wanted to be a part of? Um, when I told her that I wanted to go to the Olympics and I was 250 pounds, what her thoughts were. And, uh, yeah, she kind of keeps my ego in check. So this is a funny podcast. Uh, it's kind of a mix for the athlete as well as the athlete's spouse. So uh, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from the sponsors. And this week's episode is brought to you by Spot. Guys, if you haven't gotten Spot yet, I really don't know what you're doing. Spot is an insurance for active people. Um, It covers up to $20,000 per injury, and that's no deductible or no out-of-pocket cost. So if you go out and you get injured on your bike or skiing or running or whatever, um, Spot will cover up to $20,000 no cost out of your pocket. So if your bill is, let's say, you know, $15,000 and insurance only covers 10. So that means you have to pay five out of your pocket spot. will cover that $5,000 for you. Let's say you have no insurance, no insurance at all. And all you have is spot $20,000. Let's say you break your collarbone. It's going to be 12 grand spot. will cover that 12 grand. It's awesome. So go check them out at croom.getspot.com. That's croom.getspot.com. And they have packages as low as $25. All you have to do is go get your quote today at croom.getspot.com. I think I pay like 44 bucks for that insurance, which, uh, yeah, it's a no brainer. Um, so I'd rather pay that now than, you know, be looking at a $15,000 bill because I did something stupid on my bike. So go check them out at croom.getspot.com. This episode is also brought to you by Bike Hardcore. You need to quit showing up to group rides with 30 bikes. We have solutions for that, and that is Bike Hardcore. All you have to do is go to bikehardcore.com. I mean, they have a sprayer for your whip wipe where you can just pretty much foam spray your entire bike, clean it down, and get it all ready to go. All of the stuff is scented. It's amazing. Like, I I love the, uh, I think it's the bike wash. Yeah, it smells like grape. And uh, it's purple and everything, foamy wash. Um, super awesome. So go check them out at bikehardcore.com and use code CROOM10 at checkout to get 10% off your first order. That's code CROOM10. We'll also put the codes down in the description below in case I get any of those wrong. This episode's also brought to you by Twisted Spoke CBD. Guys, if you're living in Colorado Springs and you haven't checked them out yet, they're over here on Garden of the Gods. They have kombucha flowing, they have coffee flowing, and they got all your CBD needs. They even have some like random bike parts and... Um, some some really nice bike parts as well as some ride nutrition so go check them out uh twisted spoke cbd.com if you're not living here in the colorado springs area but if you're in colorado springs go hang out with win and those guys over there over at twisted spoke and uh, have a coffee with them they can even answer any questions you might have about cbd and 
you know, all that good stuff. So yeah, check them out at twistedspokecbd.com. This episode is also brought to you by KMC Chains. Guys, this is our newest sponsor of this podcast, and I'm really excited to have them on the podcast because we're going to be doing some cool giveaways over the next few weeks with KMC Chains. And uh, yeah, all you have to do is go to kmcchains.com, check out their products, start to learn them because we are going to be doing some pretty rad giveaways. The first giveaway will be next week on the podcast. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you listen to these ads because if you don't listen to the ads, you're going to miss out on how you can win yourself a gold-plated KMC chain. So yeah, guys, go to kmcchains.com and use code CROOM10 at checkout to get 10% off your first order over $100. This episode is also brought to you by Colorado Ski Shop. Guys, they don't just sell skis. They're probably the only online retailer right now that actually still has some bike parts left in stock. So go check them out at coloradoskishop.com to see all your ski needs get met as well as all your cycling needs. That's coloradoskishop.com. Use code coffeechat10 at checkout to get 10% off your first order. That's coffeechat10. Um, But yeah, so that's it for the sponsors this week. Let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I got a special guest for you guys today. Um, this is this is a bit of a long time coming, partially poor planning, and uh, yeah. Well, today I have my wife sitting in front of me. She's not a cyclist. She's a physical education teacher. She's a daughter. She's a sister, and she's also my wife. And my support system. And so the reason why I brought it on this podcast is because, um, yeah, I kind of thought, you know, people have been asking me, when's somebody going to interview me? And we're not going to do that, <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to kind of dive in to a little bit about how I started my cycling career and what it was like to kind of be on the outside looking in to that training. And then also what it was like to be a part of my selfishness, I guess. Would you say selfishness, I guess? I don't know that I'd call it selfishness. I think maybe just like um, the nature of cycling. I think cycling is just kind of, you kind of have to be selfish if you want to be good. Okay, yeah, yeah, so there you go. But you're not selfish. Well, that, that's her being sweet. So anyways, let's let's dive into a little bit about you. So what's your background in sport? What's your mm-hmm. background in life? Yeah, who, who's Casey Kroom? All right, Um. well... I am from South Carolina, like John. You hear it more in my voice, I feel like, than John's. But, um, yeah, born and raised there. Met John in South Carolina. Um, I went to college in his hometown to be a PE teacher. I knew I wanted to be an educator, but I didn't know what kind. So PE is really fun. That's me. Um, Then when John, like, we met, and then he literally left to go to Mars Hill. So... I stayed in his hometown for a few years, and we dated. And then, yeah, anyways, went and got my master's. We lived together for a little bit, and then moved out here. But, I mean, that's kind of like my logistical background. But I feel like, who am I? Gosh, what a question. Um, I don't know. I feel like you're an all-around partier, and you just don't want to say it. I mean, well, I was going to I was literally about to say basic bitch, but like. You can say that on the podcast. Okay. I'm I just kind get, of like a basic bitch. I did get summed up on my last podcast for saying the F word too much. Oh. 
Like somebody actually said that I was uneducated. Oh, yeah. Um, not true. There are statistics that show that like people that curse are more educated. Oh well, that makes me feel yeah. a little bit better. Like but you said, yeah, that's was... all you want. Yeah, I thought that was pretty harsh. But um, but anyways, so yeah, so it was really weird kind of hearing you talk about me in the third person. Like you were like, and John and I. I just thought that was really odd. Well, you asked me like. I thought I was talking to addressing the listeners. Am I talking to you? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. you're addressing the listeners. It's you did it right. I was just I don't uh, know how to do this. <laughs> All right, but anyways, let's just let's dive into a little bit of the nitty gritty. So mm -hmm. when you met me, what year was that? Okay, 2013. 13. Is and what? And what was I as a cyclist or as an athlete? Mm -hmm. Like how did I how did I portray myself to you as an um, athlete? I think the term. Be brutally honest. Was Fred. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you were you were uh, a part. Okay, when I met you, I would consider you a partier. Like that's what that's like how we met. Okay. You were my DD. So like yep. you were a hardcore partier, like Edward Forty Hands kind of guy. That's where you that's where you duct tape uh, forty ounce <laughs> bottles of malt liquor to mm -hmm. your hand, and then you drink them both before mm -hmm. you can take them off. Yeah, you were wild, and you weren't even twenty. Uh, can we say that you weren't twenty one? Is that okay? Because you are now. It was college. How about we just okay, say that? Okay, that's fine. It was college okay. time. Yeah. I was 21 fine. in college. Anyways, I was older than John, and he was, like, partying way harder than I was. Um, and then a couple of weeks after we met, he was, like, actually one of his friends, who I also knew, was, like, hey, he races on Fridays at this velodrome. And I was, like, what the heck's a velodrome? And she's, like, oh, it's, like, this concrete, like, NASCAR for bikes thing. And I was, like, okay, sick. I'm in. So we went to watch you race, and you didn't win. But I remember Sorry. being, I remember watching you being like, oh, he's not winning. Like, oh, bummer. But I didn't really know. I mean, I knew obviously that winning is a good thing, but I didn't know like if you were good or bad at that point. I was just like, eh, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but they were local races. So like looking back on it, you weren't like real good. You were developing. So when was, was there a time though that you realized that, oh shit, he's maybe not as good at this thing? as he thinks he is. Yes, 100%. What um, was that time for you? Okay, do you remember? <laughs> we were sitting in El Cancun. Okay. Mexican restaurant. We used to go to it all the time. Yep, yep. And it was after one of your races. And I remember this too because I hurt your feelings that night. Um, You were talking about the race and you were like, oh, I think, you know, you, were, you didn't win. And you were like, oh, you know, but I did this well. And I was like, that doesn't matter. Like, you didn't win. Oh. And you were just like, what? And I was like, I can't take someone that like, brags about themselves or like thinks that they're like good when they're not and i remember saying that to you and you were just like oh uh, okay and i think you were just literally like trying to explain to me like that it wasn't all bad like what happened or whatever yeah yeah but i took it as like oh no he can't think that he's like good when he's not so i i took it upon myself to tell you Jeez. and so was the, at this <laughs> point had i had finished college or no 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 you were still in rock hill then you okay. um didn't even go. You hadn't even been to Mars Hill yet. Okay. All right. So I think that's when like there was a big turning point. Okay. And so and so what we're talking about is essentially I met Casey and right before I left to go to Mars Hill, where I had an opportunity to race with the Mars Hill University cycling team, and I thought that was next level, and I thought it was going to be a game changer, uh, and it was. It was a great experience, and I learned a lot, you know, racing collegiately and everything. And that was that was a life goal of mine was to win a collegiate national championship and to do all these other things. Um, but yeah, so I guess when did you, when was the point that you saw the turning point of 
Like you as a cyclist kind yeah, of? Yeah, because I think... What if I was like, there hasn't been one? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I think that when we met, I think I always thought of myself as a professional athlete. Yeah. Which is funny because like now I don't really think of myself as a professional athlete. Yeah. Um, but back then I was a cat four. Mm-hmm. Um, all I did was race my bike. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed that I was a All prof- you did was party and then you raced your bike on the weekend. Let's clarify. Okay. Yeah. But, but you see what I'm saying. So I just yes. assumed that I was a professional. Right professional cyclist yeah because you lived like rock star life rock star lifestyle yeah in your your mind and i would race all the races and yeah do all the stuff and um okay i think i think marcel actually was really good for you as far as like the discipline aspect went because when you were in rock hill you could do it as a hobby like it was still just a hobby um and then when you actually like went to college to do that i think maybe this series like the gravity of the situation kind of meant something to you then because you were there to do something like you know and i remember you were like pretty lonely at martel a lot yep um and you were just there basically to ride your bike and well everybody was a lot younger than me too yes yeah you were you went into like as a you were like one year or two years older than everybody else and you're in your classes and stuff like that or in your class yeah because you had been to york tech for a few years or a couple years, whatever. Um, so anyways, yeah, I think Mars Hill helped you with like discipline because that's when you like learned, I think not so much. I wouldn't even call it how to train. Cause I think what you do now is training and like what you did then, I think you thought was training, you know, I think at that point yeah. it was, but I think you learned that like, sometimes you just have to like put your head down and grind and it's not, it doesn't, it's not always going to be fun Yeah. or actually most of the time it's not. Yeah, so no, I think, true. I think that was a big thing. I think that a lot of times you don't give um, Marcel enough credit because I know that you didn't like love college, but it was, I think, really good for you as like a person. Any part of school was really awful for me. I think like, you know, I was fat in high school, so I got picked on in high school. And then when I got to college, like I was kind of older than everyone. And I just like the immaturity levels were really rough for me and it was really hard to kind of deal with. And then I got evicted at a certain point in college. And so it was just, it was rough and I was so glad to be done and over with with it. So that's why I didn't have a good time in college. Whereas you're the kind of person that could go to a 10 year reunion and have a blast. Oh, I loved college. Like college was my favorite time of my life. I loved it so much. I kept, I like didn't want to graduate. So I went and got my master's. I was like, oh, I can't do this yet. And then I realized like, that was when I feel like maybe I felt like you did at Mars Hill because I was older than everyone. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this isn't my scene anymore. Like this is. So going back to kind of being married to a cyclist, mm-hmm. what, what is the hardest part mm-hmm. about being married to a cyclist? And you can, I think you can even give me top three. Cause I can think of three things that you, I, that you would say. Okay. And so I'll I tell hear you what you say too, but I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I'll tell you what I think okay. you would say um, after you tell me. But give me the top three things, and then I'll tell you my top three things. Got it. And then you tell me why those three things, and then I'll tell you why I think those three things. Okay, cool. Does that I'm make just sense? naming them, not the not the why right now. Yeah. So Got name okay. name the top three things. Okay. That are the hardest thing, hardest reasons of being married to a cyclist. Okay. Go. Got it. Um. Okay. If there are any cyclist spouses out there i think they would agree with these actually well it's funny because a lot of the spouses will not listen to this just like you don't listen to my own podcast 
there's going to be a lot of spouses well, that don't listen to this, so it's mainly should. just athletes. But anyways, yeah, continue. Just like your spouse should. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, so I think number one is that other like married people, other married people don't understand what it's like so like they just other married people think that we are broken so it's really hard to explain like what it's our relationship our dynamic to other married people okay. right Bro- okay that's first like, one yes other people think we're broken <laughs> yes okay because okay. now i gotta hear the why on that but okay anyways continue. i got you um and then secondly i think being home alone a lot is really difficult like when you are tra- like when you're traveling you're traveling all the time and i'm here by myself and it's not Okay, I'll get into that in the why. Never mind. Yeah. So being home alone. Okay. Being home alone. Um, and then I think dealing with like managing the dual kind of role of it because cycling is. Oh, nope, I'm not going to do the why yet. Okay. Sorry, so I'm getting ahead of myself. The, man- I want to explain myself. Yeah. So managing the dual role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, managing like your dual, not personalities, but the the okay. two sides of it. I get you. And so. My things were, is the random people that come stay at the house? Mm. Like, I usually don't ask. Yeah, yeah. So I'm usually, just, well, I do ask, but it, it usually just turns into me going, hey, um, Josh. Sh- coming over. And they're going to stay here for two months. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, what? And so that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see any problems with it. And then the next one is probably when I'm like hardcore dieting mm. or like weighing my food mm-hmm. and like really into dieting mm-hmm. that I feel like that sucks. Mm-hmm. Like that's a thing that you hate. And then the third thing is probably how selfish I get with like going and doing things. Like mm. I don't want to go to weddings. I don't want to see people. Um, don't really care to go to parties. Yeah. Don't care to drink. And so those are the three things like we can't live a normal sociable life right. and certain at certain points of our relationship. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. I think that is kind of what I was meaning by like when other people think that we're like broken because I go to everything by myself. Like I go to weddings by myself. I go to well with my friends, but like I'll go I'll show up at stuff with my friends versus yeah. showing up to stuff with John or with you and other guys like other guy friends. Yeah, definitely. That happens. You have to have like a, I think you have to have a good circle if you're going to be married to a cyclist because you're going to be lonely if you're not, if you don't have a good circle. Yeah. Um, Because, or, or if, I guess if you want to be social, if you don't want to be social, then you don't need anybody. You can stay at home. I didn't realize until now, but this podcast is just going to probably make me sound like an asshole of a husband. Oh, I don't think so. I think that <laughs> it's going to be relatable because I bet you any other cyclist that is married. Yeah. Like they, this is a conversation they have. Yeah. Okay. Like it's got to be. Okay. I mean, maybe, and then what was maybe the, what was the second we'll one? Okay, but yes. So I feel like people don't understand that part of us. And then the second one was um, being home by myself a lot. Yeah. Okay, that's not like it's not like a I'm scared to be by myself a lot. It's like this is the issue, and every single it happens without fail every single time. We both get really used to being like on our own when you travel for a while. And so we both get used to our own routines. Like we kind of switch a little bit into like, this is what I do by myself kind of thing. And then when yeah. you come back, it's like having to learn how to live with you again every single time. Shit. Yeah. No, you're right. Like it is. It's every, like we'll bicker over like clothes on the floor or whatever the heck that yeah. we would get used to normally. But it's like learning how to live with you again, which yep. is difficult because I'm like, I'm in my own space. Like I've had my own shit for the past four months, like I have my own schedule, so I don't need to change it. 
Yeah. Or rather, I don't want to. No, for sure. And then the third one was uh, roles. Roles. So, yeah, I feel like they're... I'm always trying to guess, like, which... Who... I think I'm trying to anticipate who you're going to be looking out for. Like if you're going to be in like the looking out for our marriage type of mood or in like the, Hey, like this is important to me. Like I'm going to look out for me as a cyclist kind of mood. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds selfish, but like, I think there's times where you have to be like you, I, I it's hard for me to guess, like you were saying in social situations, it's hard for me to guess which ones you would want to go to. So I just assume you don't want to go to anything. Yeah, no, for sure. Because Which I'm we always had this issue last night. Yes, but we're not going to talk about that. Yes, that was a fight. And so. It was, uh, but I'm always trying to guess like which, like what your priorities are, yeah. and it's hard to kind of figure it out because sometimes it's very much cycling, and like I totally get that, respect that. But then sometimes you're like, why didn't you ask me to do that? Like I, I would have gone there. I would have done that. When I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to be like worried about standing for too long or running or whatever that you know, um, and then we miss out on a social thing or something because or rather you miss out on it because I didn't invite you. Yeah. So no. Yeah. And I think, so my first one was, what was my first one? Oh man, I've lost. It. I know. Okay. Hold on. You said, okay, let's go backwards. You said the, what were any of yours? Oh, people staying over, people staying over, people staying over. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. So people staying over, um, the reason why I've never had any issues with this is because I believe in karma in this situation. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to host housing, I know that if I open up my home to someone, they'd be more than willing to open up their home to me when I go see them, vice versa. And to you, you look at it as, okay, we've now just accepted company into the home yeah. for the next two months. And so the house has to be immaculate and then I have to take care of them for two months or whatever Well, it's it is. not even that. Like, consider this. It's usually a guy, which is fine. Yeah. Well, it would be kind of weird if I was just inviting girl teammates. Yeah, over. right. But, it's, so it's usually a guy. And so I have to be kind of mindful of what, like, like small things, like doing my laundry. Yeah, you can't walk around the house naked. That's true. Well, correct. But I can't, like, I don't want to leave my laundry in there for, like, dude to get out. Because then he's like got my skivvies and all in the laundry. He's Did you just call them, them skivvies? Well, what do you want me to call them? Underwear? Yeah. What else would you call them? I don't know. Skivvies. Do you usually call them skivvies? I have before. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's something, not weird. That's, that's weird. a thing. 100% weird. Okay, whatever. Anyways, it's like shit like that. Like I would leave that in the dryer for you, obviously, or like whatever. I wouldn't for care if you fold. got that out. Yep. Yeah. But... I, it's just certain like small things like that that I have to consider. And you know, I get ready in our guest bathroom it has better lighting. Yeah. So we have two bathrooms in this house and she utilizes both bathrooms. So yeah. she brushes her teeth and does some things in one bathroom, but then she, <laughs> that makes me sound creepy. That does make it sound creepy by some things means <laughs> I don't know what the other things that she does, but I do know in the other bathroom, she like puts all her makeup on hair and makeup has better lighting and gets ready there. But yeah, I don't get it. But, but anyway, so like I have to get rid of my hair and makeup bathroom at that point. Yeah, because we usually give the guests the bathroom. Exactly. The guest bathroom. All right. And then the second one was diet. Yes. And the reason why this one's hard is because usually you eat what I eat, mm-hmm. which is also you also don't like because uh, sometimes I eat too much. Yes, like, that is hard, actually. Because we, We've literally gotten in arguments for you yeah. to tell me to quit eating so much so you don't eat as much. But I don't understand how that 
because it's a thing. no, it's because when we share stuff, like I'm very much, I'm I'm down to share stuff. I don't mind at all, but I want it to be even, like straight up even. And I don't okay. know, like obviously, we don't need to split our food evenly because you need more than I do. But it like pisses me off when you take more than half. Uh which is dumb. I should just let you take more. But anyways, then I'm like, okay, well, shit, I can't do that. Like, we need to not split it equally because John needs, like, four cups of rice or whatever the heck. And so, yeah, it's it's just hard to – it's hard to eat what you eat because then I end up with, like, huge portions. Or when you, like – when Hedge lived here and he plated our food. Yeah. Like, it was such huge portions. So freaking delicious. But I was just like, oh, my God, I can't eat all this. But then if I didn't eat it all, like, I didn't like it. So – it's kind of, yeah, and it's then, a balance. And then what was the third one? The events thing? Was that mine? Yeah, you had said like the social aspect of it. Yeah, right? so I think I think this is the hardest one. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that we've battled, but um, like going and doing things. Like yeah. I don't. Like, well, it changes so much. In different parts of your season, you're like way more willing or way less willing to do stuff. Yeah, and and depending on the mood I'm in too, like yeah. Um, sometimes I get this like I could give two fucks. Let's just go ski all day, kind of mood, or let's go hike a mountain. Yeah. Um, and then other days I'm like I gotta ride four hours the next day. There's no point in going and hiking. Yeah. And so, but I do know that affects us because we have friends who come over and who are like, oh yeah, like you guys want to go hiking this weekend? Yeah. And I'm just like, absolutely nope. not, no chance. And they're and like, I'm like, absolutely, I'll go. Yeah. And so then Casey goes by herself. And then I look like a complete jerk. And so people always wonder if we're like on the rocks or whatever. And like when I'm gone for 10 weeks at a time, people don't really understand that. Yeah. But, uh, I guess, I guess my next question is to just like kind of diving off of that Mm -hmm. is what's it like handling the selfishness, right? So like Mm -hmm. what, how do you as a wife Mm -hmm. look at me, especially like with what I do, like I, I think now of me as an athlete, I think of myself a lot less of a professional athlete now <laughs> than I did back then yeah. because I was a bit delusional. But like now, like I know, you know, ambitious. my- Ambitious, I wouldn't call it delusional, ambitious. Okay, we'll say ambitious, but in the sense of, I know I was delusional, but like saying, saying it now is like, you know, I'm racing, you know, I just, like I just got back from, a nation's cup. Yeah. Like a, that's a world cup. You mm-hmm. would have been called a world cup a year ago. And so that's a big deal. Um, but I make no money mm-hmm. from, from that side of things. Like that's honestly why I do this podcast, but <laughs> I made, I made no money. And so it's hard for me. How do you look at it and go, this is worth it. This is yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, Hey, I want to go to the Olympics, but I'm probably going to make, the most I'll probably make in the process is maybe $12,000 a year. Maybe. Yeah. As of right now, it's $0 yeah. a year. So how do you look at that and and kind of how do you put up with my selfishness? Because I get mm-hmm. there's times where it's like, you know, I almost book my own hotel rooms and things like that at races and yeah, things like that. Definitely. Um, I think it used to bother me more than it does now. I think maybe like when we were dating, I think it was like more of a. And that was when I feel like you were talking about how you felt like you were a little bit more pro than you are now. Um, or like you, in your head, you were. But I think... I've I, also I, relaxed. Yes, you have relaxed years. a lot about a lot of things. Um, so that's helpful. That's actually really helpful. 
Um, I think that mostly, I think it comes from like an emotional point for me because I care about you. Like, it's not that I don't, I don't see it as you being selfish. I see it as like, consider if you didn't go for it, like you want to go to the Olympics. I know that. And like, if I was like, Hey, that's selfish. Or like, if I called you on like, Hey, we could be doing X, Y, and Z to like set up our future this way, then like, yeah, that would maybe make more sense at times. But I think the way that I would never want you to resent me, I would never want. And I also just like for you personally, it has nothing to do with like even between me and you. Like, I I don't want you to look back and be like that. You wish you would have done more or given more. Yeah. Because then to me, it's like, to me, then it all would be for nothing. Yeah. Like all of these past years would be for nothing if you gave up too soon or if you didn't like fully see it through because of some sort of like outlying, you know, circumstance with where we live or what we make or whatever the heck, you know, like I think it's worth it for you to have like the comfort knowing that you saw it through. Yeah. And then I guess, so with that, my next question when you see me win a bike race mm-hmm. or you see me do well. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't ever remember when you win. Yeah, it's really savage. <laughs> um, so when you see me win a bike race or even when you see me lose a bike race, yeah. do you feel like you've won or lost as well in that process? Mm, like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, let me walk you through my emotions when you race because it's actually like I, I promise you if you put a heart rate monitor on me, like I would be as high as your heart rate. And why is that though? Like, is it because like, you're worried about me crashing? Are you worried about me winning? Or what, what are you worried about? I'm always like, wor- well, I'm always, I really want you to do well. And or, or whatever you think is well for that, right? Or whatever you think is good for that. So I always want the best for you. And I think that also seeing it from like not on the track, I can see like when something's going wrong. And I'm like, oh my God, stop, stop, stop. Like you gotta do this, you gotta do that in my brain but um yeah I think I always want you to do well and I want you to like be proud of your ride but I don't think it's even about that like I think I would get nervous no matter what even going into races where I know you're winning like you're about to lap somebody in a pursuit like I know that you're gonna win but I still am like on the edge of my seat because there's nothing you can do about it you're like watching something happen speaking of that did part of you think I was gonna detonate this year at national I know I did when like, I, so when I was about to lap that guy, mm-hmm. part of you thought I was going to detonate and get caught? Yes. Well, if it makes you feel I was talking to better, the people beside me, and I was like, no, 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 he's going out too hot. And they are like, no, he's going to catch him. I was like, no, he's going to detonate. That's essentially what happened at the World Cup. Yeah. And so that's that's pretty funny that that's what happened. I just I feel like I've watched enough of cer- cer- certain kind of races to know like when – your limit is just about reached and when you're like about to just start tanking it. Um, But yeah, I think it's like the fact, I think, I don't think you'll understand until we have, if we have kids one day and you watch them play a sport or do something and there's nothing you can do about it. Like there's nothing you can do if they get hurt. There's nothing you can do if they win. There's nothing you can do if they lose. But like you're just a bystander in the event. Like you're just watching it but you want so badly for this person yeah, to do I know, well. But, and maybe, maybe this is what you're trying to get at, but like, don't you feel like you're a bit more invested in my career? Yes, definitely. I think 
I don't think of it as like, oh, this will benefit me if you win. I think I'm of it as like. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, here's the thing. Like me winning, while it, yeah, it's beneficial to me, I still make no money. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like me winning doesn't mean that we instantly can buy a house no, and but live I a know. crazy life. But I'm saying like, like me training, me doing well, like do you feel like you've invested enough into me that essentially it's like you winning you see what i'm saying yeah yeah i do um i don't think it's like me winning i think that it's like i see the behind the scenes and like when you see the hard work paying off like that's very rewarding to watch somebody go through and i also like just feel like you deserve it right so like i i want to see you get what you deserve because i've seen like the suffering that leads up to it or whatever has there ever been a moment where i've gotten something like a race result and you've been like, ah, he didn't deserve that. I know that's a weird question, mm. but you know, like, like if you got lucky or something, like I wasn't training or yeah, I got a little lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at some of your actually like in your early career, some of your earlier wins, I was kind of like, Oh, he's just getting this because of like the field. It's not his skill. It's just the lack of skill. That's like, with him which i know that sounds like it would be your skill but it's kind of like it was a win but it's a win that you should have won and you were like and early in your career you were like oh yeah i won that whatever and i'm like well you should have yeah you should have won it and i've said that to you but i I was about to say i remember having those conversations yeah and i I think that's it's not that i would ever feel like you didn't deserve it but i would just feel like it was expected yeah i also am very much like if you go into a race like you should expect to win it even if you have no chance at all. Like if you're not going in to expect to win, then like, why would you even enter? No, for sure. And I mean, that's why I tell my athletes that I tell everybody that. And I mean, that's a conversation we had coming back from the world cup this past weekend where I thought I did awful, but in reality it's like, dude, I, I never even thought I'd go. Yeah. Um, so the fact that I was even there was massive. Um, okay. Um, I guess like kind of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, if like, did you see your life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> going this way no and then is <laughs> you don't even have to finish the question no i don't know <laughs> and then is there any part of you that wishes one there could have been done differently or do you like the fact that cycling is in your life like mm, is there question. any yeah yeah like is there any time that you just resent cycling oh so much yeah. so freaking much yeah um but back to your first question did i see my life going this way no did not when I met you, like I said, you were like Edward Fortinghands, partier dude, right? And I was too. Like we were both pretty into the party scene. That's kind of how we met. And um, so when I was telling you back then, though, was when I was telling you back then, I was like, "Hey, I want to go to the Olympics." Like, did you almost believe it as much as you do now? Because um, you didn't know any better. When I got to know you and knew like how serious you were about stuff, I kind of was like, "Oh, okay, this is going to be something that he does." I had no idea what it would take, though. I didn't realize, like, what what you and I would have to go through in order for you to get there. What's some of the things that we went through that you were like, oh, I didn't see this shit happening? Um, We had to, like, really be very careful about our wedding planning because we had to plan it around cycling. You literally were not there for five months of our wedding planning because you mm-hmm. had moved out here to Colorado. And you flew back in for the weekend of our wedding. And so, like, when, when that happened, yeah, I resented the heck out of cycling. I was like, screw this sport. Like, I want to marry somebody that is, like, there for me. Like, invested. Yeah. 
but you were i hindsight's twenty twenty, you know but anyways um so that kind of stuff and then just some of the like we lived with people for the first what three years two years of our marriage yeah we, 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 we didn't live by ourselves we lived in people's basement because we couldn't afford it yeah or we had a roommate like after we got yeah. out of the basement we had a roommate yeah. so we have been living with people like last year i think was like our first year not living with someone else maybe yeah. la- last two years During i can't COVID, remember yeah pretty much and so stuff like that where i'm like oh i didn't think that like i didn't realize that i couldn't have my like in my mind picture perfect life and then you also be training full-time for the olympics i didn't realize how much it would take from you and how much it would take from me too yeah i knew it would take a lot from you like athletically or physically or whatever i just didn't think that it would take me really sacrificing anything and and i hate to even say that because it's that doesn't feel like it's how we live a freaking cool life i love our life we but we had to, there was a lot we had to do to get here. Yes, you're not wrong. We had to live not a cool life in order to get here. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then as far as resenting cycling, yes, like I said, at times I hate cycling. It's helped that you've relaxed a lot. It's helped a lot, a lot. Um, but there have been times where yes, I was just like, this is stupid. Like, when are we ever going to start our life? I remember thinking I used to think that all the time. When are we going to start our life? Like, our life will start after cycling. Um, and I. I've told you this before, but I've never read the list to you and I probably won't till you retire, but I have a list in my phone of things I want to do with you after cycling. Like when you finish cycling. Yeah. You've told me that we haven't really looked at the list, but no, cause I don't want, I, I would never want you to like feel bad about it, but there's like, just, it's like small shit that like, I know that you can't do right now. Yeah. Like I'll tell you one of them. One of them's like a 14 er I could do that, but it would just, you could, but it would take a, like, it would take a Saturday away from the group ride or the planning or the, what, like you ride yeah. long days on Saturdays, like yeah. think about it. And so it would, it would take a sacrifice from you out of your training in order to do that with me. Yeah. And I wouldn't want you to sacrifice something in order to do something like that. I would want us to just do it because we freaking want to go hike a mountain. So I guess what I'm hearing now though, is when I quit cycling, I turn into yes, man. Correct. Essentially. Everything I want. If I say <laughs> so, jump, you say how high. So this is like you investing in Bitcoin. In exactly. I'm waiting on my payoff. Yeah. And so you're just waiting on the payoff. You're mm-hmm. just diamond hands, holding mm-hmm. out. Hopefully I'm the best husband I possibly can be. When oh, yeah. Cycling. I'm cashing out. All right. No, that's <laughs> no, that's good to hear. That's, that's good to hear. And you should so, know this. All right. And so I guess my next question is, um, I guess one, you know, would you know we didn't really answer this one you know is there do you ever see yourself getting into cycling or i guess pursuing cycling or trying any of the endurance side of sport absolutely not because you're a very competitive person i am and i think a little bit of it has to do with the fact that you wouldn't want to be worse than me at something so we would probably have to start correct neutral ground before we did anything right yes well okay so here's the problem because you're a coach by nature if i started cycling well okay here's the actual problem i'm not interested in cycling i've gone with you a few times and i was always a team sport kind of person i love the team aspect of sport i love playing with other people i love depending on other people suffering by yourself sounds like actual hell to me it It is is actual hell i've seen it i've seen you do it and it is not cool for me at least um so no i would never get into it for that aspect of it and also just just like kind of lonely like i'm i'm even you know i've 
run occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's okay to say on the podcast. I'm not going to call you out like that. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but I don't, I don't even like running. Like I only do it because I know like either I should Health or I have aspects. a goal to like something to do it. Right. Yeah. I want to do this race. So I have a goal, but I don't like, do, I would rather do it, do something with people. Yeah. Um, and if you do something like individually with someone, like I can't run with someone cause I'm too competitive cause I like, I want to work together in something, right? That's just me. And then the other part of that is you are a coach by nature. Therefore, I know that you could not help it, but to like give me pointers. And like you should, that would make sense for a professional to give uh, an amateur like pointers, tips, whatever. I wouldn't take them well though. I know I wouldn't. I would be so pissed. Yeah, I would you be take it as criticism. livid the moment you tried to tell me how to do something, which is dumb, but I don't want you to tell me how to do something. Like I can figure it out. I don't want you, I, I think I would take it as like patronizing when I know you wouldn't be trying to, it just wouldn't work. It's your thing. And I'm so happy it's your thing, <laughs> <laughs> but it will not be my thing. Well, after, ever after this, you know, after Paris, maybe, mm-hmm. um, maybe I go for one more. We don't know yet, Oof. but conversation. that's a conversation for another day. We gotta get to the, <laughs> we gotta get to this one first. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much done with cycling. Like once I'm done racing, racing, yeah, and I, I believe you when you say that. A lot of people I don't really believe when they say that, like other cyclists. Well, I just, I have so many other interests, which is why we're on the Out of Bounds Network. Like right. I have so many other interests with skiing and maybe ultra running, um, CrossFit. I don't know, just trying something else new that's yeah. different in that I don't have to put a professional sticker on. Like I don't, I want to be an amateur. Right. And I, th- I think I'm an amateur at cycling, to be honest. I do think I'm an amateur. I don't think I'm good enough to where I'm getting paid good money to do my sport. But, you know, I do invest professional levels of time right. into my craft. And yeah. so I, I, that's that's that. But kind of ending the podcast so we can wrap up, have a beer together, and just hang out. Um, the infamous question. If you could have a cup of coffee with and you've wanted to be asked this question i know if you could have a cup of coffee if you can have a cup of coffee with one individual yeah dead or alive Mm -hmm. who would that individual be and how would you take your coffee okay i don't hate anybody's answer by the way you're gonna hate mine because i i know that you asked this question i hear you in the next room ask this question to so many people i don't listen to the podcast but i listen to you doing the podcasts right like yeah. I'm, I'm the real live and i audience. remember when i told you about this segment and i thought it was the coolest thing in the world and you were just like yeah yeah that's, like, what that's, right that's a cool segment mm-hmm. um yeah so it changes a lot because i've asked, like every time i hear you ask it i'm like oh who would i have coffee with today um it changes a lot but honestly this is gonna be so dumb. Ugh, I hate even saying this. And it's just, I think how I'm feeling today. I'm feeling the vibe, right? Yeah. I think I would have coffee with post cycling you. Oh God. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was literally thinking to myself. I told you you'd hate it. I was literally thinking to myself, I was like, what would she say that I would hate? Like, but like, okay, picture this. Let me just paint you a picture. This is pretty bad, but okay. It is pretty bad, I told you. All right. Um, okay, we wake up. We have nothing to do. We don't wake up to an alarm because you don't have a group ride. You have nothing to do on a Saturday. This would be the best day ever for me. We sleep in. Then. I don't. Okay. Continue. No. Yeah. Yeah. This is just perfect. This is my. Uh huh. This is my opinion here. Uh, you don't hate answers. Remember. And mm-hmm. so anyways, we wake up to no alarm. We go and get a cup of coffee at Switchback or one of our like favorite coffee shops, whatever. 
and like we just chill we have nowhere to be you're not antsy about going for a ride we're not like we can walk around with our coffee because you can walk places like doesn't matter Jeez, you make me sound like an awful human <laughs> i just want there to be like no strings attached we take our dogs with us we do the things um anyways i think i'll have coffee with you how would you take your coffee um i would get a couple things depends on the season like i said guys basic bitch i would definitely get a psl Mm. um not from starbs though for the listeners yeah pumpkin spice latte there you go but it wouldn't be from starbs or uh that freaking pumpkin cold brew cream whatever it is the cold brew nitro yes so good but it's got pumpkin in it it's so good um anyways somewhere like that if i'm just having a regular coffee it'd be black but anyways yeah i think it'd be with you i think that's i hate my answer too if you want me to be honest i but well you you've said it at this point and i didn't know i didn't think i hated any answer but (laughs) you somehow seem to have found that answer Mm -hmm. anyways guys i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and thank you guys for coming back week after week after week if you haven't already please make sure you hit that subscribe button make sure you hit a follow on myself my wife and the out of bounds network other than that we'll see you next thursday appreciate it guys Peace.